Yo, what is up, chumps? This is the Fantasy Chumps Podcast. I'm your co-host, Leighton. Also joining me, as always, is John and Nate. Guys, how are you doing today? Doing well, doing well. I'm loaded up on a Chipotle burrito bowl right now, ready to talk some uh, some risers and what are we, risers and fallers. Risers and fallers. As we get one, I've got a steamy one for a faller. Uh, yeah, cover Nate's your been, ears. It's going to be loud. Nate's been, uh, he's been waiting for it. But John, uh, how are you doing I, today? I'm good. I couldn't agree with uh, what Nate is about to say. I probably couldn't agree anymore. So I'm really looking <laughs> forward to this episode. <laughs> um, expect some Dak Prescott and Tyler Tyler Lockett banter probably at some point. Oh. But uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see oh, what gosh. it has in store for us again. <laughs> really, round two for Dak. It's like round five. I think. Dude, I gonna... <laughs> yeah, this is yeah, this is the last round, final round. You literally hate Dak. I do. You eat. He's a bum. Oh my gosh. He's not a bum. <laughs> He's not a bum. <laughs> He's a bum. Give me Jalen Hurts over Dak Prescott. In Jalen real life? Mine. No. <laughs> no. No, Dak is fine. Okay. It's just, it's a beam at this point. Okay, fair. It's like me with the, the running back Lamar Jackson, right? Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. It's not quite the equivalent of that because <laughs> I think, I, like, I do dislike <laughs> Dak quite a bit. But yeah, yeah. Layden had to explain his uh, Lamar <laughs> running back joke to a Baltimore Ravens fan this weekend on the Fourth of July. Yeah, it, Nate, it was your sister's boyfriend too. <laughs> yeah, it was my sister's new boyfriend who's born and raised in Baltimore, or just outside of Baltimore. And Layden made that joke, and he was like, "What?" What did you call him? <laughs> like, yeah, dude, he's a running back. He can't throw and, the ball. <laughs> and, and he was like, did you see him at Louisville? He throws it all the time. I'm like, oh, good. Sure had, sure had so much like, fun with that. Yeah, he was like, dude, he was MVP of the NFL. <laughs> and, nah, he's and, a running back. <laughs> he's a ball. He, I remember he, the one thing he's got, he said is he said, oh, my gosh, he's so nice. And I'm like, yeah. he, he's nice as he wants to be. I'm sure Tom Brady's nice. I'm not going to root for him. <laughs> I don't feel like Lamar is that nice of a guy either. Like, no offense to this kid, but like, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know either. He but. he seems like a sweet kid. Lamar or uh, your sister's boyfriend? Both. Both. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Moving well, on. Let's get into the question of the podcast or questions. Nate, why don't you uh, take it away? Okay, so yeah, this is kind of uh, a buy or sell question directed to Leighton and John. Um, so this one's for A.J. Brown. So according to Sleeper, he's currently at uh, ADP 20, and he's projected wide receiver six going into the 2020, excuse me, 2021 NFL season. And I was just wondering, do you guys think he can achieve the wide receiver six next year with Julio coming along now? Or is that just too rich for for us going into the draft? So I looked at, excuse me, I looked it up on ESPN too, just to get another comparison. 
or what people are thinking. They have him as the wide receiver seven still. So either way, um, no, I don't think so. Um, Because he finished – Nate put some notes here, which was really nice. But he finished as the wide receiver 12 last year without Julio Jones. And as far as we know, right now is a better offense coordinator. Adding Julio Jones, which – you know, hot take. If they all play 17 games, I think Julio gets more targets healthy. So I, I don't know. I just can't see it really materializing. I feel like you're drafting him at his ceiling, which mm-hmm. if you believe in him, then that's totally fine. Yeah. John? Yeah, uh, I'm selling this one. It, just a quick list of guys that I probably have ahead of A.J. Brown this year. Um, Tyreek, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Calvin Ridley, Justin Jefferson, Michael Thomas. DK is a big question mark. I feel like that's kind of where, like, DK, A.J. Brown, Keenan, Allen, done, they probably all start to blend together. We should have done that fire sell on DK because <laughs> I feel like we're all in the same boat with DK and A.J. Brown also. Yeah, I don't know which one I'd rather have, but yeah, I'm I'm selling the wide receiver sit is six, right? That was the number overall. Six or seven, yeah. depending on what. Yeah, I just I don't I don't quite see it happening. Like he had a he, he had a great year last year, but he would have to have a really good year this year because yeah, I mean it, it teams just continue and continue to pass more and more. So um, yeah, I'm selling that one. I think. Yeah. So I am too. I was just I was doing some mock drafts and his came, his name just kept coming up early earlier than I thought it would at least around the second round second and third round and looking at it I mean like we said he missed two games last year he did finish wide receiver twelve but um, even we have listed here yeah Justin Jefferson finished wide receiver six in twenty twenty and that was a breakout season. Huge. And, like, I think A.J. Brown is talented enough, I mean, to have a great season. But, I, I like Layden said, I think you're drafting him at his ceiling there with – I don't know if he, he – I don't think he can break into a top top four wide receivers this year, especially with Julio now. I, we, we have the risers and faller segment coming up, and he came to my mind when I was thinking of, like, a faller, but he's too talented to put him there. Right. And it's – I don't know what – Tennessee's offense is going to look like and I just I don't see his target share increasing at all at least and so I just don't see the opportunity for him there really but yep so three cells on that one and now you, I've got a, it's not a, a it's never going to be a bad pick sorry Nate it's never going to be a bad pick to pick AJ Brown no I don't think so put that out there but <sighs> I, I mean I just think the probability of him being less than what being lower on that wide receiver ranking than where we're drafting him at is very high. Like, I think it's he strikes me as being outside the top 10 this year. He'll, almost. he'll be overdrafted for sure. He'll somebody, be way overdrafted. Somebody's going to reach up there for him. I mean, late mm-hmm. I watched a mock draft, which granted, that was before the Julio games. <laughs> Hit this girl. Mm-hmm. In a 12, I think it was a 12 team league, took him at like, like eight. Yeah, <laughs> something ridiculous like that. And she's just like, 
I believe in him. Like, I don't care if he comes back <laughs> to me or not. I believe in him, and I'm going to take him. And I'm like, sweetie, you go for it. But yeah, <laughs> catch you in last yeah. place. Like, you want to join our league? Yeah, honestly, <laughs> we got a spot for you. Yeah, but no, that's in, by the way. <laughs> that's all I was thinking there. In the last mock draft we just did before we started recording, he's going around Justin Jefferson, Calvin Ridley, and like Michael Thomas, and those are three guys that are easily the the number one options on their teams. And so there's you're drafting them there, and you they have some opportunity to improve. But I think AJ Brown with Julio in the offense now, it's just little too rich. But so I've got a second buy or sell now for you guys. This one is for David Montgomery. Uh, His current ADP is 41, and he's projected RB 20 to 21 going into the into the next season. So are you guys buying or selling him at RB 21? This is just it's close to the heartstrings for me because he was on my team last year and was definitely one of the reasons I did so well in the postseason. But I, I'm selling him. I feel like because last year when he went off, there was nobody else really in the backfield. The Bears added um, Damian Williams and Tariq Cohen gets to come back. So even if those, about Damian. Yeah, if those guys just eat into his carries some, which obviously Montgomery is still going to be the main guy, but I just don't think he's going to get the workload um, that he got last year. And there's not – we don't really know what their quarterback situation is like. So it's just a little bit riskier. But, you know, I, I understand why people are high on him because, I, it, you know, if he's my third running back, I'm not upset. But yeah. I'm, I'm probably going to sell this as well. So you're, you don't think he places better than top 20 for running backs? Mm. No. Well, I think it's no. close. It, it, I think that one's about right on the number, honestly. Yeah. I think it's, it, he's teetering around that. This is, this is like some Vegas line that they do where you're just like, you know, I could that see really both sides. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll say, I'll say, you know what, I'm going to buy this actually, but not by much just because somebody's going to get hurt. And I, there's some people above him that I could, which somebody may be talking about, who I could just seem being a little bit of a disappointment. So, for John, me, you got anything to add? Yeah. Uh, quickly, man, this one is tough. And, like, honestly, Leighton kind of swayed my opinion mid-explanation because I totally yes! forgot about Damian Williams. Uh, and so, I don't know, like, I feel like Matt Nagy kind of is just a copycat of Andy Reid in some – facets of his coaching um and so like i'm not shocked they signed damian williams i'm going to reluctantly sell this now and i was all over i was buying it a hundred percent but like i don't know what damian williams contract is but i know that they probably had to fork over a little bit of money to get his one-year deal too on how do you have any idea how much it was like three four mil i think Oh, okay. Ah, I don't know. Just just for the sake of argument, I'm going to sell it, and I'm going to say that he does not crack the top 20 this year in running backs, which, like, honestly, if you're healthy all year, it's pretty hard not to be a top 20 running back. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say we see a drop-off, or maybe we see a shift in offense. That I think that's probably more realistic, that we can see probably a lot 
a lot of targets to Damian, a real split backfield because like Damian is talented and then Justin Fields comes in and changes everything up. So I'll sell it just barely. Nate, yeah. back to you. Um, so I didn't really have a lot to add to this one. I was just more interested in what you guys were thinking. I'm probably buying this, but like we were saying, I think it's right around 18 to 23 RB. The season. last thing yes, I John? will say for this is that if he's not a top 20 running back, he's being drafted way too high right now. So that definitely changes my strategy because he's a guy that is like, if I start out with two wide receivers in the first three rounds, like he was definitely one that I was targeting. So watch out for that because he's being drafted very, very high. And I had, I don't know. Like I feel like I just missed the Damian Williams thing, but yeah. Yeah. I feel like, sorry, one last thing. If he's your second running back, I wouldn't love it, but if he's your third, why not? That'd be a really good running back room. Yeah. Um, I was, I guess I was just going to say he's, we're going to talk about, um, I guess momentum from last season as we go on when we start talking about running backs. I have one in particular that we're going to mention. <laughs> but David Montgomery's momentum as he finished last season, I think I would I would buy that going into this year's draft. I thought he was super impressive from what I from what I saw. I know he was kind of just their bell cow back. There was nobody else. Um, really getting any significant portion of snaps. I honestly can't remember the last time Tariq Cohen played and was healthy. So I don't remember what the offense is like with him or how involved he is. So yeah, Tariq Cohen coming back, being healthy and Damian Williams coming in. We'll see, but I'm, I'm pretty optimistic for David Montgomery, but um, two buys in a cell, two buys in a cell, but that wraps up this segment. Yes, sir. Now we've got a little bit of news for you. Um, none of it's like major by any means. Uh, Ryan Ramchick, I believe I'm pronouncing that right. Ryan Ramsick. Ramsick. Okay. Uh, signed a five-year extension. Yeah. <laughs> uh, five-year extension, ninety-six million with the Saints. Um, great deal for the Saints. Not sure where that organization is headed right now, but I'm never going to be upset keeping a right tackle like him. Um, this was crazy. Drew Brees, Sports Illustrated posted a, um, they made a post explaining that Drew Brees played through a torn rotator cuff, a torn fascia in the foot, 11 broken ribs, and a collapsed lung last year. (laughs) What? What? Like, 11 broken ribs? Like, I am no anatomy expert. How many ribs do we even have? Because I feel like at that's least, like at least twelve. I think we we have the odd number, right? I think we have thirteen. I think we have thirteen. Maybe there, most people are born with twelve ribs on each side for a total of twenty-four. Oh, interesting. Okay, I feel like I feel like I'm a competitor if I go to work in the morning with a headache. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that was just crazy to see that, like. Hats off to Drew Brees. Enjoy retirement. You definitely deserve it. That just blew my mind. Uh, in other news, Darren Waller is apparently mentoring Tim Tebow as a tight end. Sure. What are your What are your quick thoughts on that? Is that making any difference, or is Tebow still getting cut? <laughs> uh, I don't know if he did. Cut. Tebow is getting cut. I don't think there's Tebow getting cut. Roster. No. I just don't know who else their tight ends would be. 
a, a tight end. And it, yeah. And, and, <laughs> like and somebody has played the position. Yeah. For more than the last four months. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Hey, I, I don't know. I like, I love Tim Tebow, like respect, right. but yeah, no. Yeah. It's not happening. I don't think it's happening either. Fine. I'll say him. I'm buying. He makes the roster. You want to bet. <laughs> no. Buying him at tight end 50. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'll draft don't, dra- don't draft him in fantasy. That's all I have. <laughs> I, I might Please draft him. him in fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Richard Sherman is open to a Seahawks reunion. Is this news or noise? I kind of think it's noise. I don't think the Seahawks are interested in well, I'm, Sherman. Oh, well, gosh. I sure, I, he better be open to Seahawks reunion since nobody wants to sign him. Yeah. Is he, is, he on a, is he on a team right now? No. Yeah. Really? Yeah, so Which if seems I kind of weird, if like, I were him, I'd be saying I, I'd play for the you know Canadian teams. <laughs> like nobody I don't think wants he's it. that low yet. Like, he, he got burned in the Super Bowl by Sammy Watkins, and he was fine last year, but not great. Like, well, like of course he's open to Seahawks reunion. I'm sure he's open to going back to the 49ers, but they haven't offered him. Shows you how much they think about him. I think he should be offered by somebody. Oh well, yeah, but. He hasn't, so he's clearly a bum. Uh, I feel like the Raiders are going to swoop in. The bad boy Raiders. Are oh, jeez. <laughs> you know, if there was something to make me dislike Richard Sherman, it's going to be him going to the Raiders. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the last thing is actually, I I found this like super funny. Tom Brady got absolutely roasted. So we were talking about the match last week, and. Uh, they they did a Jeopardy segment on one of their Zoom sessions leading up to the match, that which actually was today. Nate, do you know how that ended up, by the way? <laughs> uh, I was checking it. I saw Bryson and Aaron Rodgers were, like, three up with, like, five holes to play or something. Okay. Well, you That's know, really it, surprising. It, it's yeah. hard when you don't give Tom a good team for him to win, so. Wow. We, I did not come here for that come Tom Brady banter. <laughs> yeah, so, so Rodgers and DeChambeau won three and two. Over yeah. Nicholson and Brady. Dang. Huh. I was not expecting that one. Um, but anyway, so in this Jeopardy segment, the, the question was, who led the New England Patriots to six Super Bowl wins, is the architect of one of the greatest dynasties in all of history of sports, and is known far and wide as the GOAT? <laughs> the answer, who is Bill Belichick? <laughs> yeah. I don't get why this was this, – the, why is this news? This is accurate. He it was it was right. very funny the the way that it was it was like a Zoom thing and like Phil was the one that was answering it and he was like yeah. talking up Tom a whole bunch and then he was like so is your answer Tom Brady he's like yes he's like that's wrong it's Bill Belichick <laughs> that is awesome Tom 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 was a good sport about it though yeah but you just know like deep down Tom is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I feel like Tom ten years ago would have been would have like said something, but Tom now is just like, eh, I don't care. I mean, well, he's yeah, actually Tom's doing been, fine. He's kind of been like more outspoken. I feel like this off season, like yeah, he because... he he has not been afraid to like fire back at people. Dude, it's it's like it's like Elon Musk how he says whatever comes to his mind. Like, why not? What what does he care? Tom Brady's in that same boat. That's yeah. my thoughts, anyway. It was funny though. I, I was, I was very happy with that. that. That made me laugh. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was great. Well, 
Should we take a break? John? I think we'll take a quick break, come back, and do some riders. Take us the break. Boys. To the break. Talk to you soon. Welcome back. We are here to now discuss the main topic of the show, the risers and fallers. So basically, just a quick overview. This is just in our opinion, players we were lower on in terms of the risers, and now we've kind of risen on where we think they will end up and where we think about drafting them. And then the fallers are shockingly the opposite. People we were higher on earlier in the summer and now we've kind of cooled on doesn't mean we hate them can't speak for everybody here about this but <laughs> um so let's start on a more positive note with the risers john i think you're you're up on the you're up the bat i'd just like to take a minute and say astute explanation Leighton. i don't think we could have done it without you you I know make sure you get the credit hashtag credit <laughs> Yeah, that is right. Um, so my first riser, and I really did try to think of a new name for this because I feel like it's definitely out there. But my first riser is Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, and honestly, I was convinced of this one today while I was at work. Shout You're out welcome. to my Dallas Cowboys friend. <laughs> uh, not waiting. But no. um, I am glad that I'm seeing the light now because – we go back and forth on Najee Harris, and obviously I, I don't ever shut up about Najee. But he's, uh, he's just running back to the Steelers. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Okay, okay. God, big deal. Um, so he was talking to me today. He's like, dude, I just really don't – like, I can't get behind Najee being a top ten running back with one returning starting offensive lineman. And it's like, yeah, I know. Like, I, I've heard that point before, and I just don't – I don't think it matters as much as you think it will. And, like, that's just an opinion. It could be completely wrong. But then he said, like, dude, look at Clyde. Like, Clyde has, like, a brand-new offensive line. Like, probably a top 5-0 line in the league. That might be a little bit of a stretch, but, like – Top 10. I think on their good days, they might be top five. But, yeah, like top five to top ten. Like definitely a good offensive line. The subtraction of Sammy Watkins, which I think will actually have like a bigger impact on the offense and like what it looks like as far as who gets involved Absolutely. more than you think. And like especially for a guy like Clyde because like Clyde was involved on a like pretty regular basis from game to game last season. But like those extra like five touches can make a huge difference. And especially, like, the goal line offense. Like, Clyde did get, like, a lot of touches at the goal line, but he just couldn't convert, and he didn't have a lot of touchdowns last year either. So, for all of those reasons, I'm, like, definitely getting higher on Clyde, and it's tough. Like, I asked myself the question of, like, okay, well, how high is too high to be on Clyde? And, like, I think there's argument for like a Najee Harris Clyde debate, and that's even coming from me, which is oh. like definitely a big deal. Um, just because like I do think Clyde is a little bit more safe. So for those reasons, I, I've definitely gone up on Clyde. And to this point, you've already heard me um, discuss CD Lamb a little bit, which is my second riser that I have. <clears throat> and CD is really just 
I'm looking for big things from him this year. Like, I, I truly think that he could be, like, and I don't think this is an award, but, like, I know it is in the NBA, but, like, most improved player, like, I could see CeeDee Lamb being that guy in the NFL this year. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's ready to take a huge leap as far as his involvement in the offense goes and his talent on field. Like, I I truly believe that CD will talent-wise probably be, like, a top 15 wide receiver by the end of the year. Not saying that fantasy points will, will necessarily be there. I kind of expect them to be, but that's a big jump probably from where he's being ranked right now. So, CD, I expect Dallas to throw the ball a lot, and I expect him to to be a much improved player this year. Um, and that one's more of just a gut call rather than Clyde. Like, I don't really have any analysis to back that up other than Dak Prescott throws the ball a lot and kind of talked about that last episode, I think. Right. Um, kind of just a quick note on Clyde. He's on ESPN. He's currently going as the 17th ranked running back. I would just be stunned if he finished as like the 17th ranked running back. Yeah, I think that's way too low. Yeah. Like, he's, I don't know. Oh, he's definitely going to rise. We're going to hear stories out of training camp. Oh, the Chiefs O line, you know, they're being so dominant. Clyde's getting the majority of the work and he's just going to shoot up. Yeah, I think when uh, – I mean, the Chiefs' offensive line from last year was – what was the ranking for them? Layton, you had that at one point. Uh, it was 29th out of 32, I think. And I think we think a lot about how, that impact on Mahomes, and we remember him scrambling around and stuff, but we kind of forget about how that could also impact the running game. Oh, and that's like John mentioned those uh, his inability to convert in the in the red zone, like at the goal line when he had those touches. And that was just always there was literally no room for him. I remember having this conversation with Scott. Scott wasn't really buying it when we were talking to him about it late. But no. like the opportunities were there and it was like they gave him the touches because they had confidence in him. But I mean, our offensive line just could not create. And so if he was able to convert half of those opportunities into touchdowns. I mean, he's easily breaking the top 17 running backs. Oh, yeah. Like, I, he's, he's sure. in my mind, he could very well be top top 12. Yeah. And, again, like, I think worst case scenario, he's like, you know, wait, what did he finish last year? Seven, no, 22nd? Yeah, and he was hurt. Right. So, and it felt like a really yeah. underwhelming year. Like, it yeah. felt like he had a lot more potential. Yeah, so if twenty second is his floor, it's it's hard to really argue with that. Yeah, barring any kind of injury, like I think he's set for that one. Well, that's Nate, a hard buy for me. It's very hard buy, Nate. Um, do you kind of want to go into your? Riser? Sure. Yeah. So the first one that I have is uh, Chris Godwin, wide receiver on the Tampa Bay Bucks. So he ranked 31 last year, wide receiver 31 and PPR. He missed four games, but I mean, I just think, I think he's so much better than that finish. And right now he's going currently projected wide receiver 16 for the 2021 NFL season. If we can think of two years ago when I think he was a top three wide receiver and he was doing that with Jameis Winston, um, in a less, I would say, dynamic offense, 
I just think yeah, if he can stay fair. healthy, the potential is definitely there for him to uh, to surpass that. Um, Brady has a lot of confidence in him. I know um, he says he's got the best hands of any receiver that he's ever played with, including uh, Randy Moss. Uh, like, Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin is the best hands he's ever seen. Um, I know that they have some pretty um, outstanding uh, completion percentage between them, but I'm, I'm looking for a big stride for him in season two with Brady. Um, next person that I have is Jamar Chase. This one's kind of interesting just because he's a rookie, but he's been rising for me lately in mocks that I've been doing and stuff that I've been reading about him than he was initially kind of when we started doing these podcasts, he was, I'm not a big rookie drafter, I guess. I mean, I would rather, I'm not a big college football watcher. These two guys know that. (laughs) Um, So it's hard for me to get a really good grasp of what they can bring to an NFL offense. But I think Jamar Chase far and away, the most talented wide receiver on the Bengals I don't really have any concern for him being NFL ready or not. I mean, he sat out the year last year um, just because he could. He, like, he didn't need to come back and play for a LSU team that was down last year. He's just that talented, man. And then he's coming into the Bengals now. He's already got the chemistry with Joe Burrow. Um, (laughs) He was better than Justin Jefferson at LSU. And we could see, we saw what Justin Jefferson did with a, I would say, a, a worse quarterback than Joe Burrow. So I think oh, the potential for Jamar Jamar Chase to succeed. I was wondering if you were there that or not. <laughs> Sorry, Kirk. Sorry, Kirk. <laughs> Definitely less talented. Yeah, I would say I would say just slightly less talented than Joe Burrow. But that's uh, those were my two. I have an honor- honorable mention. Somebody that's been climbing up for me is David Johnson. Um, I just looked at his rankings for last year, and while it may have seemed underwhelming, he actually ended up being like an RB20 or 21 or something. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's just something to think – someone to think about as well. I don't really know who else – that the Texans have brought in besides Philip Lindsay, I think David Johnson, barring injuries, the go-to guy there still. And I think he'll get his, his volume. Uh, they brought in somebody else. I could have swore. Yeah, they do have somebody else. Did they draft somebody? No. No. Um, oh, All right, we're going to focus on this too long. Um, <laughs> as I look it up. Yeah, I, can, I can look real quick. I do like Chris Godwin a lot. Mark Ingram, that's right. That sucks okay. for Mark Ingram. Yeah. And Rex Burke. And Rex Burkhead. Burkhead. Wow. Interesting. Sexy Rexy. That's. Hmm. Um, going back but to what yeah. you said, Nate, I, I really like Chris Godwin a lot. Uh, I think he's being undervalued because. What'd you say he was he going was as? Hurt. Uh, He's going as wide receiver, like, 16. Yeah, so wide receiver 19 on ESPN. But if he stays healthy, I just don't see a world where he finishes that low. It it was just a year ago that he was, like, I would comp him to, like, uh, like, Stephon Diggs from last year. Like, 
Yeah. Diggs kind of came out of nowhere, and like Godwin did the same thing with Tampa the year before Brady got there, and he was just healthy all year. I think he was. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he was wide receiver, wide receiver three or not, but he was. I think he was at least top five, if not. I don't know. Anyway, he had a great year the last year that he was fully healthy. So I completely agree with that one. Yeah. Jamar, I, he could definitely go off. It's just. It could go either way. I think he's being a little overvalued because of how good Justin Jefferson mm-hmm. did last year. Yeah. He's. But, it is a little rich, but um, just somebody that's been climbing for me, I guess. Right. So moving on into my two risers. My first one is. Somebody I never really thought I would be interested in, I guess, in drafting. And that is Javante Williams of the Denver Broncos. Uh, currently, just when they drafted him, I was like, oh, yeah, it'll be good like, next year, like 2022, when Melvin Gordon's gone. But then I started looking at, at where he is actually going. And He's going as the running back 31 right now. 100 overall, actually right before David Johnson. But that's just running back 31. At that point, you're just hoping like somebody turns out good. And at that point, you should at least have at least two solid running backs on your roster. So if you draft Javante Williams as your third or maybe even fourth running back, you just kind of have to stash him on your bench. Don't drop him because he's a rookie. And we all know Melvin Gordon's had some injury concerns too. So if you can hang on to him and let's say he takes over the starting job or he, let's say Melvin Gordon gets hurt week eight and nine, you know, if Melvin Gordon just wasn't playing. I think Javante Williams would definitely be like a top 15 start easily, maybe even higher. Um, so I think it's a really, it's a really calculated bet I think with him so that's why I'm a big fan I, I know I know John's also kind of a fan of him, but anyway um sorry I, I don't know if I tuned this out if you were saying it but do you expect Denver to do like a split back system or do you expect it to be Melvin Gordon and he just fades away a little bit I kind of expect him to fade away because oh I forgot to mention yeah. this thank you for asking because Melvin Gordon's in the last year of his contract so if Javante, who's a contract year, dude. Yes, that's true. But (laughs) for a guy they traded up for, Javante Williams, if he's doing the same as Melvin Gordon, they're going to go with the rookie because he's going to be there for the next three years after. So Melvin Gordon, which I also kind of like Melvin Gordon in an odd way because he's in a contract year, he's playing for money. But either one of those guys, I think, is just calculated because somebody's going to. I guess get more of the work than the other one. But anyway, moving on to my my next riser is somebody, if you listen early on the show, I might have hated on a little bit, and that was Amari Cooper. So <laughs> that's an understatement. Listen, John. This is why we do these shows. I admit that's fair. I was a little uh the evolution of takes. I was a little critical. But because in previous years, besides last year, the thing that always annoyed me with Amari Cooper from a fantasy perspective is he'd go off for like these huge, you know, 25 plus point games. And then there'd be weeks you wouldn't even know he's on the field. But what he did last year as the wide receiver 15 without Dak after week 
four or five. Actually, week four, it was truly incredible. Because after Dak went out, he still had at least 10 points or more in every week besides three, which is incredible. He put up double digits with Andy Dalton. That one guy, I can't remember. Sounds like a pasta. What was his name? Um, ben. Danucci. Danucci, thank you. Uh, <laughs> so he had 130 targets last year, and on the pace with Dak, he had 14, 9, 12, and 16 targets, which that's insane if you just think about it from a numbers perspective. So I, I'm not saying I anticipate him to have that many um, targets per game because that would be uh, quite a few. So as he's going right now as the wide receiver 13, I think that's a pretty that's still a pretty good spot for him overall. I just before I was not even touching him, which now I'm much more open to drafting him on my team. I'm with you. Anybody have a, anything to add on my two guys, or did I do that good of a job? Um, too good. <sighs> Just beautiful. Okay, good, good. Well, now to move on to the more negative of the two sides in the fallers. And, John, I begrudgingly am passing this over to you. <laughs> that's, a, that's a heck of a word. But, 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 begrudgingly. Yes. Begrudgingly? Don't, Don't ask me to spell it. Don't ask me to spell it either. <laughs> All right. Um, so these ones, these are some cakes for sure. Um, and you know? I don't even know that I agree with them necessarily. But <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try and spin it anywhere I can. So the first one, and this is probably like statistically, if you were to like list out a, like names that just spell out consistent. To you, this would probably be the first name on that list. But, and I have kind of hinted at it in previous episodes. Robert Woods, I think, is in a very shaky situation where if he were to miss any time, he would blow up as one of your draft picks. Like, he he would be one of the worst picks that you've had. And obviously, if anybody gets injured, right, it's an asterisk. But... My point is, is that if you go look at Robert Woods' fantasy production, <laughs> the strength of it all comes from his health. I, th- I don't know. I'm not going to go look at it. But I think he's either missed one game or zero games and it's for his career, which yes. is like over six years or something like that, which is just like good for him. But at some point, I have to imagine that the body starts to wear down and you can never predict an injury, but I'm just saying maybe pump the brakes on Robert Woods unless you are going to have him in your starting lineup every week. Or if he's a flex, great, good for you. He's a flex. But I'm saying maybe back off of the idea that Robert Woods is a wide receiver too, is all that I'm saying. And so, like, I'm never disappointed if he's on my roster. I think it's just kind of a, like I wanted to shatter the glass a little bit more, take the time to isolate it. And just point out the fact that Robert Woods may not be as steady and consistent as your brain tricks you into believing. Because, like, yes, he is, but not at a very high level. He just plays in every single game for all of eternity. 
The second player on this list is hey, George can, Hill. Can I, can I say something about? Uh, oh gosh. I'm actually going to kind of agree with what you're saying because when you look at the players that are going immediately after him, you have Julio Jones, C.D. Lamb, Chris Godwin, Deontay Johnson. It, even as a Robert Woods believer, it's really hard to take Robert Woods over those guys because the ceiling of you know the, the people I mentioned is much higher than Robert Woods, but I right. think the, the floor is higher also. So that's just kind of – my two cents. I, I don't even think I'd take them. I don't think I'd take them, besides maybe Julio Jones, which is crazy to say, over any of the guys I've listed. So I think he is being overvalued a little bit as well. Yeah. And yeah, I'm not just trying to like slander Robert Woods' name or any, by any means, because definitely has his place in fantasy football and he always will. But next, this one. And so I just, <laughs> I, I just gave Lady yep. Trap. Go on. I wasn't sure if you were going to reference this or not. Uh, You can dish it it right back to me because when when we did the Titans ranking episode, this player was my second ranked player. Mm -hmm. It was Leighton's third. Hmm. (laughs) And I continued throughout the whole episode to throw shots at Leighton. Yeah. He would say, well, Darren Waller being my second ranked tight end, and I'd be like, well, that being given that you're wrong. That's actually going to be George Kittle. Hmm. I'm actually starting to be starting to fall a little bit on George Kittle. And this is nothing more than a gut feeling. And that is kind of the same thing with my listing of CD Lamb as a riser. Kind of just a gut feeling. But I'm not near as much liking George Kittle this year as I have in years past. And I just I don't really have an explanation for it. I think Jimmy G is in decline. I think the 49ers offense is in a weird spot because they just drafted Trey Lance and Trey, it's Trey Sermon, right? That's yeah. his first name, I believe. So I also think that then this is a stat that I am not very confident in, but I think it's possible that they might run the ball more than any other offense in the league. I don't know. You'd have to look that one up. But I think they're towards it's the top. It's up there. Yeah, I think they're towards the top in rushing attempts. And so – with Brandon Ayuk being healthy, Debo Samuel being healthy, I just don't know how high I am on George Kittle. I think Darren Waller is probably a safer play. And I think that Waller might be a little bit younger, which I actually like in his in his benefit as well. I could be wrong on that one, but I, I kind of think that he's a little he might be a year or two younger than Kittle. Anyway. All of that adds up to not saying that George Kittle is going to have a bad year, but I think that Kelsey and Waller have firmly isolated themselves above George Kittle. And maybe even there might even be a tier difference between those two. I don't know. Oh. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to be bad. He's still going to be a very startable and talented tight end, but I would not fork over a lot of draft capital into George Kittle this season. I think that there are better directions to go from a drafting perspective. So George Kittle is 27 and Darren Waller is 28. I would have been, I was shocked to hear that. Dang. Sorry to burst your bubble. I'm I'm with you though, John. I'm, I'm kind of buying that take on Kittle though. It, it's, it's just kind least, of a gut feeling. I don't know. Uh, does it is it coming back to you at all? Just like, yeah, I guess you were saying you'd be giving up too much to get in. Is it 
Is it more attractive getting Waller where he's projected to be than Kittle where he's projected? 1,000%, yes. Which it's like, I think it's like still in the same round or like within, maybe a, you know, a round like later. eight picks of each other. Right. So yeah. you, you want to know something I'm, funny? I totally agree. So right now, Darren Waller on ESPN is going 36 overall. Um, George Kittle is going 37 overall right now. Okay, we've been drafting on Sleeper. like Yeah, I've been rabbits on the Sleeper. Spring. Like, no, mm-hmm. I understand. I understand. I was just curious because I looked at it and I was like, they're that close. Does that. That's really... validating your point, John. If Kittle's behind yeah. Waller now, when yeah. he definitely but... started in front of Waller at the beginning. Yeah. But... Like, I don't know that I've had a mock draft where I've had Kittle of the like literally 150 mock drafts that I've done. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever drafted George Kittle. Same. I've drafted him once on ESPN because he fell to the fifth round. Don't think that'll happen, but we're, we we're combined one for like what three hundred and fifty. Yeah, it's not yeah. very much. Yeah. So would you would you feel comfortable taking either Waller or Kittle at the you know thirty six thirty seven range? Waller, yes. Kittle, no. Okay. Just curious. And I could be totally wrong. Like I, I could be wrong, and Kittle could go yeah. off and be tight end one this year. But I totally. don't think it's gonna happen. So. Uh, Nate, um, I'm gonna go make a cup of coffee, gonna make some waffles mm-hmm. or something. As you, uh, as you talk about your, uh, your big faller. Oh uh, man! I just lay down. I feel like I should like stand up for this. You should. I'm gonna stand. I'm gonna stand up for this. If you're listening, you should sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Viewer discretion advised. If you're driving, Maybe, please pull, yeah, over. pull over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have to ask you guys a question. Oh gosh. Welcome to my TED Talk. <laughs> okay. Did I miss something last year? <laughs> did did I like black out and miss something where that makes Cam Akers a projected RB12 for this upcoming season? <laughs> did I? Like, this is a question. Uh, I want an answer. No, I there, want an answer. There's no really thing. There's not one for it. Like I said, I'm uh, preaching to the choir on this one. <laughs> no. Cam Akers is projected RB12 right now for the 2021 season. <laughs> he did nothing. <laughs> nothing during the regular season last year. Literally zero. Zilch. Nada. <laughs> he, had, he had three or four good weeks. He played eight games last season, and he scored over 10 points in three of those. Never, never broke 20 points. Hey, four. Four? Four? Yeah, he he broke a – Don't fact check my man. He he, he broke over 20 against the Patriots. Let him be. Hold on. Are you on standard scoring? No, I'm not on standard scoring. Who do you think I am? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't have fact checked him. He's He's on a heater. No, he he three games. Fourteen points, sixteen points, twenty-one points. Okay. He did nothing last year. <laughs> I get it. Like the Rams were deep at RB last year. Who'd they have? They had Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson. Which they still have Daryl Henderson. They do still have Daryl Henderson. So I get it, like, his snap percentage was down at the beginning. He was a rookie, like, getting acclimated to the offense. And I know there was 
a little bit of, I don't know, people were bearish on him because he wasn't doing developing like they wish he would have during training camp and everything at the beginning of last year. But like he, I don't even know. This is, <laughs> this is criminal. This is criminal. He's projected RB 12 for next year. Okay. RB 11 through 13 last year, Nick Chubb, Mike Davis and Antonio Gibson. He has two good games in the playoffs. He scored 42 combined fantasy points in those two games that he played in the playoffs. That's all it is. Might I, let me remind you, Damian Williams looked pretty good in the 2019 playoffs. He looked like a stud. He wasn't projected RV12 going into the 2020 season. I know he opted out, but no, you wouldn't have caught him in the top 20. <laughs> Hell no. This is ridiculous. The lies that these people are feeding you, you should be appalled. You should be, you should be calling your senator. I don't even know. <laughs> this is unbelievable. I don't even know what to say. I'm, I'm worked up and I'm flustered now. But this is ridiculous. Cam Akers does not deserve to be RB12. He is 10 positions too high for me. <laughs> I, you could not catch me in any draft drafting Cam Akers. Really? 10 positions too high. Cam Akers right now is going above J.K. Dobbins, Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift, Antonio Gibson, Clyde Edwards-Solaire, and Josh Jacobs. Off of what? Literally based off of what? That he's like he's in a good position right now with the Rams? And Chris Carson. Like he is good. And Chris Carson. Thank you. And Miles Gaskin and David Montgomery. David Montgomery has every reason to be RB12 <laughs> over Cam Akers. This is ridiculous. Um, this dude, okay, we have <laughs> we have risers and fallers. This dude's hit the ground. This dude is falling <laughs> through the ground right now. He, he he's not he's not a faller. He's fallen, Nate. <laughs> he's fallen and he's yeah. He's he's down there. Oh my gosh, I think we lost John. Oh, <laughs> John's here. <laughs> oh um, my gosh. Um. So Nate, I have to ask you, where would you, where would you rank him just in the running backs? Okay, so like, realistically. Yeah, realistically. The thing about it is like, there's just this hype around him that I don't understand. Like, none of it is validated. It's and like none of it's based on anything that he's done besides the, being a good running back one the, in the playoff games yeah, that he's in. Definitely yeah. He, based off his what we saw from him last year during the regular season, he should be down there below Melvin Gordon. And Whoa. that is only because he's in a pretty good position to succeed right now. He's, yeah. he's going to be their number one guy. He's in a good offense. They have a good offensive line. They also have good wide receivers, which will open up the running game for him. So it's like it's, it would not shock me if he has a good NFL season – but there's there's no like credit to this. I don't know to this argument that he should be this high. It's so, so dumb. Is, I don't is get he, it. Is he comparable to like the Miles Sanders of last season? Dude, Miles Sanders is high this year. I was gonna put him on okay. my follower, but followers, but I was never high on him. Sorry, sorry. Right. I don't yeah. even remember. Okay, was Miles Sanders last year 
Was he a rookie last year? No. What? All right. I actually need to check this out. I don't think so. No, so he – yes, no, he played 2019. Yeah. Miles Sanders played better in 2019. Miles Sanders at least had an argument. He played – he had – Four games that he played where he scored over 20 points. This is, this is great. So, would you feel – Team Akers barely broke 10 in three games. Where would you feel comfortable with him? Nowhere. I would feel better – I'd feel super comfortable with him on somebody else's team. So, like, you wouldn't be playing against your RB3? One. No. no. Absolutely okay. not. Okay. Hey, I mean, just... if he literally – if he fell to me where I could get him at RB3 – no. I mean, if if the first people left on the board were, I would take. I would probably take him over Melvin Gordon. Yeah, but like I no chance that. before that. There okay. is that is so ridiculous to me. Like somebody that deserves to be where they are to have like the I guess the reach in their their ADP right now is Jonathan Taylor in my opinion. Yeah, like he he showed us like what he's capable of. He showed us the hype that was around him in college consistently and showed him yes he started slow but like he hit the ground run and late in the season he finished rb6 cam Akers was rb42 it's dumb like what i agree i like it's a hot take but i agree i don't don't think it's that hot of a take honestly like i would be okay if he was my third running back i would not i I mean, he was – okay, so I was doing mocks, and he was just there. And it was like, okay, so I'm supposed to take Cam Akers right here. Right. No. And then, they're like, it's just like, what did he do again? What, I what's just his don't, deal? I don't get it. I don't. I don't get it at all. And, like, the thing is, is that – so we do most of our mocks on Sleeper. But, like, on ESPN, he's going higher. Like, Oh, yeah. It's just – it's crazy. Like, uh, I don't know. I mean – just the right. fact that he's going above Gibson, Mixon, Harris, and Clyde. Clyde is Najee. Is he going above Najee? I think yeah, I said Harris for him. Oh, Harris. Yeah. yeah. So, like, if he was running back seventeen or eighteen, you know, I feel like that'd be at least somewhat more validated. But and I don't, I don't want this to get confused that like he's not going to be good next year because. I don't think anybody would have expected James Robinson to be good last year. Scott, but like was- where James Robinson could have been drafted, he was a waiver wire for probably every league. Most, but like running backs can can come in and play really well. They can have they can have good luck with stuff like that. And I think Cam Cam Akers could be that guy. But the fact that he's valued this high. Based off like no no merit whatsoever besides a couple good playoff games is it's blasphemy. Couldn't agree more. All right. Well, the next person I have is Juju Smith Schuster. I don't really have anything to say. I'm tired now. <laughs> that that was that was great. Yeah, that was that was good. That was great. Should I check I, should I check my heart rate real quick? Yeah, you should. Yeah. You should. Man, uh, I've never it was seen you get, it was 100 beats per minute. I've never seen you get so hyped up about a player that you dislike this much. Dude, if you would have caught me at like 7:30 today when I was going through this stuff, like 
Layton, you would have needed a zillion beep buttons to put in on this edited audio. I was slinging together profanities as I was digging through this. Well, it was remarkable. I didn't even know I had that in me. Okay, uh, I will move on to my followers. Please, please do. I'm not gonna not gonna say it'll be more interesting than Nate's, but um, the first one I'm gonna start with is Cortland Sutton. You know, there's just so there's a combination of two reasons why I'm following on him because earlier in the offseason I was like, oh yeah, it'll be great. He'll be the number one receiver. He'll come back, be healthy. It'll be all good. I don't know why I was thinking like that because Jared Judy's still there. Andrew Locke's still their quarterback. So I think everybody here would agree that Jared Judy is more talented than Morton Sutton. Correct? Yeah. Yes. I would. I mean, probably. Yeah. He was great at Alabama. Yeah. 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 Uh, I agree. Not saying he'll have a better NFL career for sure, but. And with Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater, whoever, n- none of that gets me excited for fantasy football. They're definitely going to be a red first team. They drafted Javante Williams, who I talked about earlier. I'm talking about the Broncos a lot for Chiefs fan. Um, shout out to Britt. But the fact that they invested another high pick in a running back, it just shows that the, the Broncos are showing their cards just what they're going to do. They're going to run the ball and play defense. They literally have like three or four solid cornerbacks because they know they have to beat the Chiefs. So – they're just going to try to run and stop the pass because they know they can't pass and they can't keep up offensively with teams because Drew Locke's not a good quarterback. Sorry, Chase. But he's just not a good quarterback. So I don't trust yeah. I don't trust Drew Locke and I don't trust Cortland Sutton coming off an ACL tear. So he's going as wide receiver 27. He, he could finish higher. I just – I'd rather take my swings elsewhere with – a better quarterback and a better offense. To defend was... Chase and Mizzou football real quick. <laughs> I, huh? I honestly think if everybody would get off his freaking back, like I think I think Locke is talented enough and he has the arm to be a good NFL quarterback. But literally, I feel like before he even had the starting job, it was always like, oh, Drew Locke isn't ready for the NFL. He's not good enough. Blah, blah, no, blah. I remember. Like, he was drafted in the second round, first of all. And like, second of all, he has been scrutinized more than probably any other quarterback. Like, truthfully, I, I think he has received more hate than any other quarterback. In the NFL. I remember when they drafted him, I was, I was like scared. Cause I was like, I could see this dude like falling out for the Broncos. Uh, I think if they would just start him, like I think trading for Teddy was a really bad move for morale. First of all, like that just gets in a quarterback's head. Second. And like, I think, John, I think John Elway's just a hardo, first off. And he's just like, oh, we're going to push this kid to be better. Like, back in my day, like, we walked uphill to school both ways in the snow. And, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Okay. I just think it's Good. stupid. Anyway. But, no, I, I feel like Drew Locke's kind of got the butt end of it. I feel like he's always been, like, at least to me, I, he's felt like he's, like, a stepping stone. Like, between right. Peyton Manning and the next generation of quarterback yeah. that's going to be Aaron Rodgers, if it's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Deshaun Watson, who knows? No, I don't want that either of those to happen. But 
Okay, quickly, my last guy that who I'm falling on is kind of shockingly Saquon Barkley. Now, when I say I'm falling on him, this isn't anything major, but at the top of the drafts, you have to kind of be a little nitpicky. On ESPN, he is going number three overall ahead of Alvin Kamara, Henry, Zeke, Jonathan Taylor. And I just, I don't know. I don't trust the Giants offense with their O-line and Daniel Jones. They added a ton of receiving weapons. They added Kadarius Toney. They added uh, Kenny Galladay, Kyle Rudolph. They're clearly trying to surround Daniel Jones with some passing options. And the fact that Saquon's coming off of an ACL and MCL tear in recovery where he was hurt. He's been hurt before. Again, I'm not saying you shouldn't draft him. I just don't think I'd take him ahead of like Kamara, Taylor, Zeke, or guys like that. So that's that was it. You know, I was being a little nitpicky when I did a mock draft on ESPN. I saw he's going that high. So that was kind of it for me. Sorry, I wasn't I can, as fun as I that. can buy it. I disagree. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I like the last time that we saw Saquon being Saquon when he was fully healthy was the year that he led he led all of fantasy football. Yeah, I know. And like if he stays healthy, I I fully expect that from him again. Like I expect him to like I think if he's <sighs> that's hard. It's, it's hard. Close. I don't think he can be running back one. I think he can be running back two. It's but, just tough. So I, I don't know. That's just kind of where I'm at. And uh, a healthy Saquon is a great pick in the first round. I oh, think. absolutely. Yeah. And like I'm, I, I'm just and falling like, on him. Like you're falling on him that far. But. No, I'm falling on him maybe like two or three picks. <laughs> yeah. So I'm still happy at like eight if I'm getting him. Like I, I'm ecstatic, honestly. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I don't know. It was just more of a nitpicky thing. So yeah, yeah, that's fair. All right. Well, be sure to follow us on Instagram at fantasy underscore chumps. DM us with your questions. We'll answer it on the podcast next week. And thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Thanks, guys.